Welcome to In It Together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Thanks for joining us again. I know. Excited to be back. Yeah, so we're going to continue with our relationship attachment series. And I think this is going to be an interesting one because I was in the hot seat last time, right? Well, I shouldn't say I was in the hot seat, but my attachment style was in the hot seat, right? And today I'll be there. Well, I know. My attachment style. Your attachment style. So we, we dealt with the avoidant attachment style, right? And what it would look like for two avoidant, one dismissive and the other one fearful. This on this episode, right on this podcast, we're dealing with two anxious yep. people in a relationship, and that's going to be interesting. Completely foreign to me, or completely foreign to us, but you've done some research on it, what it looks like, what it's going to entail, and uh, and how to work through it. I guess so. Let's let's jump right into it. So I just want to say, literally, when I was kind of sitting here with this stuff and processing it going through the stuff that I had it was crazy because a lot of this stuff was like me you know circa 2004 5 6 7 you know all those years and I'm starting to see that so it was incredible for me I just want to say to say like I don't do a lot of this stuff anymore and so again it's just this it's more affirmation or confirmation I should say that I'm actually moving towards a more secured attachment so it was really interesting. And that's the goal, right? We all should be working Yeah, that is the goal. The goal is not to stay there. Exactly. To, not just to recognize and understand, but to work towards a secure attachment style. And we're going to be dealing, I think we're going to culminate this series with talking about what is, what is a secure attachment style and how that works. But let's get back into this. Yeah. We're dealing with anxious, anxious, and this is going to be interesting. So I kind of want to just make a couple points here. So First and foremost, it really is possible for two anxiously attached people to have a good relationship, okay? And we'll, we'll get to that. And the other thing is, is that because these two are drawn to intimacy, it really is possible for them to fulfill the other person's needs because they understand the need for that, right? But then there's also the con of the extreme jealousy that can happen within this dynamic. Very, very interesting dynamic. I think we should start with, let's talk a little bit about, I know we've done a podcast on anxious attachment, right? But talk a little bit about what anxious attachment looks like so we can understand, you know, what that pairing would, would be. Okay, so recap. First two years of your life is when attunement and attachment happens between you and your caretaker. So anxious attachment comes from having some care and concern and attunement and then having it taken away from you having some and then having it take away. And it's this push-pull. So you become anxious about when it's going to happen again or when it's going to be pulled back again. So if you have anxious attachment, you're probably someone who's super needy and clingy in relationships. Don't feel like your needs are getting met. Nothing is good enough. You're constantly worried that your partner's going to leave. You need validation, external validation from your partner a lot. We're okay. I still love you. Everything's fine. Don't worry. Those are trademark phrases that you seek to help make you feel better in your situation. So someone who's anxiously attached likes to be with their partner all the time, doesn't like their partner to leave them. They're literally, they literally can be like a stage five clinger. Now I'm speaking from myself and what I've seen in, in, in clients that I've worked with over the years. So that's what, you know, broadly it looks like. So wouldn't two needy people just be like in the 
perfect relationship with each other because they both need each other and they both cling to each other? Hey, if it floats your boat, you know, if it works, it might work for some people. Okay, it may work that I'm anxiously attached, you're anxiously attached, we're both needy stage five clingers and we can be with each other all the time. That's fantastic. But are those needs that they're fulfilling that's going to help add value to your life so that you can grow or do you kind of stay stuck in the same spot? And that's kind of what you know, you'll see within this dynamic that although it can be healthy, like I said, with some good communication, it can also, there's extreme jealousy that can pop up in that situations. There's the lack of not having separate lives from one another. And that in itself can also create its own issue. So although it sounds amazing and it's this little fairy tale, there are big things that can happen that can make it not so healthy for both parties. Yeah, I think that's important, right? Because we talked about this in the other relationship, right? There is a big difference between a functional relationship and then a productive relationship. And that's what we're talking about, right? Is that relationship a functional relationship where, you know, people are clingy and they're kind of fulfilling each other's needs, but is it really just a function or is it a productive relationship? And that's what we have to talk about. Exactly. Yeah, it's functioning. But whether it's functioning in a healthy format, like you just indicated, is what we're looking at. Because there's issues of extreme jealousy and the people have to be with each other at all times, they're not growing as individuals. And what happens is, is that, you know, they kind of get stuck in this rigmarole of this is my life, this is your life. It's not like that. It's this is our life. And so it creates this dynamic that they're not separate from each other. And that in itself can cause a lot of issues because it's not healthy to not have that space to then be able to reflect and figure things out for yourself. Yeah, because we talk about this, right? We need to be whole people, individually whole, right? And when you're in, it sounds like when you're in this type of relationship, you're living more for the other person and worried about the needs of the other person opposed to your own needs. And that could be detrimental to you. Exactly. And so we should, you know, look at and start looking at like, what is what is this relationship really look like? And like I said, they can get easily overwhelmed with one another in the relationship because they don't have that time apart to reflect. They don't have that time to be within themselves, to be aware. They become less aware of their own needs, like you kind of just mentioned, and super vigilant and focused on the needs of their partner. And that can become a dynamic that's very challenging because is that partner actually seeing your true needs, actually seeing what really needs to go on, or is it just what you're projecting? And I can already see a problem brewing with that, right? Because if you, and and I've seen this with, with you as an anxious person, right, where you're doing things for me to, to self-validate yourself, right? And then when those actions aren't actually taken for that, like, if you're waiting on me hand and foot with the expectations that I f- validate what you're doing and you don't get that, then you become even more anxious about the situation and then you become resentful of the situation. So, again, I could see a big issue with people doing something for that for the other person mm-hmm. for the simple fact of trying to get that validation back, but not getting that. And then there's this yeah. endless loop of doing that for each other, that can become very resentful, I feel. Now, I don't want to have to defend myself here, but I'm just going to speak here. Hi, my name is Courtney, and I am working towards being secure in my attachment style. But yes, I used to, past tense, 
wait on you hand and foot like you were King Tut, right? And then when I didn't get a thank you, honey, you're amazing. I love you. I would get so upset and I'd be like, all that stuff. And it was like, I didn't ask you to do this. And then I would feel terrible. And then I went down the path of, well, I'm not going to do crap. Fine. Because I was upset. But I feel like I've definitely moved into the lane of, you know what? Every once in a while, I may see he, you know, he may need something. I'll go throw a little blanket on you or ask you if you like a drink. But I have found that I'm less doing of things that you're not asking me to do. And I'm feeling much more confident because your behavior towards me hasn't changed. It's only solidified that he loves you whether you throw a blanket on him and you give him a charcuterie board and you do all these amazing things or whether you just kind of walk by and scratch his head and ask him if he wants a drink of water. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy how that was all for me. So that I could feel good and not about you. And now I'm learning that sometimes not talking to you at all, leaving you space so you don't have to look at my face is just what you need. And I can give you that. Yeah, because you said it, right? Because that it was for you, you know, because I didn't ask you to do that. I don't I don't need those things from you. What I just need you is to be present, to be happy with yourself, doing things that make you happy. Mm -hmm. Like when I go and do something for you, you know, get you a drink or get you, you know, make you breakfast in bed or whatever it is. I'm I'm not doing that for the for the sake of, you know, for the thank you. I'm just doing it because I want to do it for for me to to feel good about me doing something for you. Exactly. So let's go into the other. What does this relationship look like? Little category here. So the next one, which we kind of touched upon, is really struggling to anticipate the needs of the other person. And this is where the relationship can go sour. Right. Like you said, it's hard when you don't even know what you need. You're so clingy and responding to your partner that. Your partner's just picking up on that anxiousness and then trying to fulfill that part so you don't feel anxious. But there's the stuff underneath that you need to be working on. So it's just, it becomes surface level. So you'll see a lot of triaging in this relationship. This person's anxious and the other person's anxious. Lots of anxieties, lots of panic attacks, lots of drawn out conversations. It can become very, very, very tiring for both people in that dynamic. And this is what you can sometimes refer to as enmeshment, right? Now, enmeshment can happen in any attachment style. And it's basically when two people are so attached to one another, healthy or unhealthy, what have you, or somewhere in between, that it's not like they're individuals anymore. They're one person with one person's trauma, with one person's needs, and they become so enmeshed that they're unable to take a step outside of themselves to say, hey, I need to take care of myself right now. And by taking care of myself, that provides my partner the space that they need to take care of themselves. So you can see enmeshment in all attachment styles, but enmeshment in this attachment style is ultimately what can destroy it. And it's because they are so attracted to the intimacy and the need and the clinginess that it's very difficult for them to take that step back. Whereas within our dynamic now, dismissive, avoidant, moving towards secure and anxious, moving towards secure, we can and we've worked on being able to step outside of it. But that's really challenging for the anxious, anxious. Yeah, when you're talking about enmeshment, I could see how that could be suffocating in a relationship, right? When you are sharing this one experience and it doesn't become an individual, you know, it's not two individuals coming together and working together through a relationship. It it sounds like, you know, it, it becomes this one big mess and that could be suffocating. I could only imagine. So I just kind of want to recap that this does sound like it could be an absolute nightmare, but it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't matter what your attachment styles are. An attachment style is just that. It's an attachment style. And you can change your style. So like I said at the beginning, 
if you're in an anxious, anxious relationship right now, you don't need to like, you know, call it quits. And I just heard this podcast. I'm out, I'm out of here. But understanding these things that we just talked about is going to totally help you be able to say, okay, this is us. This is me. This is you. We both do this. This doesn't really help us feel any better. How can we then work on that? Because that's all it's going to take. Really good conversation and some communication. Yeah, because I could see that it would be easy to feel like you get stuck, right? Stuck in a relationship like this. So again, it doesn't it doesn't have to be that way. And there there are ways that you can help the relationship grow individually and then grow together. And we're going to talk about that in our next segment. So we're going to take this opportunity. We'll pause here for a quick message. And then when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about what this relationship lo- you know, looks like and how it can work together to get to a place where it's not just functional, but it's actually productive. So stay with us. We'll be right back. We always hear how much the podcast has positively impacted all of you. So now, here's an opportunity to help us continue making content. And we've made it simple by partnering with Patreon. You can find the link in the episode description. For your subscription, we've added additional bonus incentives, which include a newsletter, access to the In It Together Patreon group, and special access to upcoming private episodes with Jay. For our top subscribers, you'll even get monthly access to Jay and I via Zoom. We're grateful for your support. And don't forget to keep sharing the podcast with everyone you know. Together, we can help grow the In It Together family. Now back to the podcast. So we've been talking about a relationship with two anxious attached, or two people that have anxious attachment styles, relationship styles. So and what would that look like? And how do you guys work together to make it a productive relationship? So let's move on to, uh, we talked a little bit about like what it looks like, right? And then how do you how do you make this thing work? Well, with any attachment style, we're going to need communication. But communication is really difficult when you have anxious attachment because it's hard for you to communicate what your exact needs are because you don't know what they are yet. Because anxious attachment comes from the push-pull of caregiver being there for you, caregiver not being there for you, that you kind of unlearn along the way what your needs are. You just kind of understand the feeling that you want to be able to fulfill. So this is the most challenging aspect for this particular dynamic. And it's the ability to actually communicate effectively and not via emotion. But I really need and value X amount of time every day for us to kind of reconnect. And this is why I need that versus constantly feeling clingy and then saying to your partner, I feel like this when this happens. And this is the point where I need to get to. How can we make that happen? That type of conversation took me forever to have with you to be able to say, this is what I think I need. And this is what it is. And even then you were like, I I don't think don't think that that's what it is. And you've had to help me with that. So really learning effective communication for your particular attachment style with anxious, anxious is going to help you. Yeah. And I think the key here is that you have to start to understand yourself, right? And you can't do that, you know, when you're like joined at the hip with someone else and living your life for someone else. That's why it can be very detrimental to have this type of relationship, right? Because you're so enmeshed with the other person that you don't you know you don't find that individualism that you need and you need that for your trauma healing you need that for you know if you're an anxious person to begin with 
right? And you're dealing, and especially if you're dealing with some type of trauma, you need to be able to take that time for yourself to be able to understand who you are, give yourself the value that you need, understand that you are important, you're important as as an individual so you can bring the best into the relationship. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. And here's here's the next, the I don't want to say funny, but when we were talking in the dismissive one, the avoidant avoidant, right? We talked about something to make it work for them is they have to schedule, you guys need to schedule time to get to know one another. The anxious attachment relationship, you need to schedule time to get the hell away from one another. You need time away. And I'm not talking about in the same room, but like texting them and staring at them being like, hey, away. Because you need that time to be able to be within yourself, to be self-aware, to asking yourself questions, and just to have time to like miss them in a healthy way and not need them. And by doing that, you're learning to sit with your anxiety. You're learning to sit there without that person and learning that I'm okay without needing constant validation from being with my partner all the time. So making sure you schedule time in every day to be away from one another, doing things that you enjoy that fulfill your needs, like radical self-care is going to be extremely helpful with this dynamic. Yeah, it's almost counterintuitive, right? Like you're anxious. That's why you're anxious, right? Because you want to spend every waking moment so you can feel secure that that person isn't going anywhere. But it, that's the point, right? You have to give yourself enough time. And that's part of being secure, right? Being secure in a relationship saying, I can be away from this person and that doesn't going to affect the relationship yep. in any way. That's moving towards that secure relationship style. And when we say spend time away from each other, you know, it doesn't mean like, oh, you know, I, I go to work every day for eight hours. That means I'm, no, I'm that away don't from- count. <laughs> exactly, that doesn't count. You need to be able to say, okay, you know, this weekend, maybe I'll you go there, I'll go over here. And then, you know what I'm saying? Let's not communicate and take that time to miss each other. Take that time to appreciate the time that you have when you are together. I will say, thank, you know, you're obviously not anxiously attached. But this is another win. Like, this is another ding, ding, ding. We have a winner over here. Check it off, right? I am okay now. I like my alone time. Like, I don't have to be up your ass all the time. I'm not. I'm up reading my book. I'm doing my own things. And it feels good to be safe and secure with myself. And I've learned through this process that as long, and you've taught me this, as long as you have yourself, you're never alone. I like my own company. I like my own jokes. I laugh at my own jokes. I, I just enjoy. I think you're the only one, though. You, you know what? <laughs> Okay, you're the only one that doesn't like my jokes, but I guarantee other people do, okay? Or maybe they're lying to me, but whatever. I like them and that's what matters. I like spending time alone with myself. I like it. It's good. I get to do what I want to do and it feels good. And so that's, you know, that's part of it is just having that time to find yourself. And that gives you perspective to start understanding your own triggers and your own needs. You're not going to know those things if you're constantly being, you know, working on your partner and having to deal with them all the time you just know what they need and it's not even their direct need because they still don't know what it is yet to communicate to you so that's why it's so important to do that the next thing that will really help with this dynamic is emotional boundaries now boundaries for anyone are really difficult and it's because at a very young age we were taught that saying no was bad 
when it's the best boundary that you can know, right? So as an adult with anxious attachment, you need to understand emotional boundaries. These are the things that I can help with. And these are the things that aren't mine to repair or fix. And understanding that about the dynamic within the relationship is going to help you put up the emotional boundaries so you're not enmeshed with the needs of your partner. So for example, your partner's coming home, you guys are anxiously attached, you're, you're, you know, he's shifting all his stuff, you're shifting all your stuff onto them, and it's this back and forth. You need to be able to take a deep breath, take a step back. This is their stuff right now. This is how their day went right now. I can be a good listener, but I can't fix this for them. Because you're anxious that your partner's upset and you need to make them feel better because if they feel better, then they're better with you. So learning to teach your partner to be able to sit with what's uncomfortable and see them work through their own problems is what helps them become more secure in their attachment style because they learn to trust you. Yeah, again, I can see how that can be difficult again because I've seen from you, right, the way you've interacted, a lot of the times it's, I, I, I hate to say like a selfish motive, but it is in a certain way, right? Because it, it, it's for you. But understanding that it, you're doing it for you and not doing it really for me, I think goes a long way. I think when you start to see, okay, I do all these things more for me, not really for you. So let me let me really take a step back and understand why I'm doing this, what the reason is I'm doing it for. And because at the end of the day, all, that's that's what it is, right? You're just trying to fulfill a need that you might not even know is there. Because let me be honest with you. I didn't want to always, there were times when I didn't want to do any of the things I did, but I felt like I had to. Like, I don't want to do this right now. I don't want to go make this delicious thing or go do all this and do the, I don't want to do this. I don't. But I did it because I felt like I needed to. And if I didn't, I would lose it. So I always put my own needs and my own desires on the back burner. Because it was this really weird thing is like, I could easily have said, no, I don't want to do that right now. And maybe you wouldn't have liked it, but you weren't going to pack up and go. Just go, just go get your dessert somewhere else or whatever it was. So now I recognize that I really wasn't doing it because I wanted to. I was doing it to fulfill a need within myself. So once I took a step back, I realized that doing those things did not make me feel better did not in the long run help to repair what was going on in there. It only furthered the time away from actually being able to work on myself. And that, I think, is the toughest dynamic, especially within the anxious anxious. So let's talk a little bit about like what a healthy anxious anxious relationship could look like and be. So the healthy, happy, balanced, for the most part, anxious anxious relationship is one where there is emotional boundaries in place where you can respect, you know, every person within the relationship that you understand what you can support and what you can't support. The second thing is that you are able to disconnect from your partner and do something that you like and then come back to the table. You know, that's really, really important. And where there's great communication, this is what I need right now. This is how I'm feeling. But then also doing what's called a check with your partner. Are you in a place to be able to help me with this need? Because if not, this is something I need to learn to fulfill within myself. You know, so those are the three main things you need to be able to do. Assess what's going on with yourself, checking in with your partner to see if they're even in a place to support you and learning to communicate your needs in a way that's not coming from an emotional place, but that's really coming from a logical standpoint. This is my need right now. Is this something that I can meet on my own? 
Or is this something that I would like to experience with my partner? Secondly, is this something right now that I can ask my partner if they're capable of doing instead of projecting it onto them? And if not, how do I go then and take some time for myself? That's what I'm working towards on my part as to what healthy, anxious attachment would look like. So you would need to see that on both sides. Yeah, it sounds like, and if both people are working in that way, right? I think they're closer to like a secure relationship than even like us that we're like the opposite ends, right? We're always kind of push and pull, push and pull. I think if you're both on that same side and you both are working towards that security, I think you'll be closer to a secure relationship than even us, I would I would think. Very, very interesting. Interesting point. And again, I think it comes down to the personality and it comes down to the, the dynamics of the relationship. But one thing that I'm learning after we're doing this attachment style, um, you know, series is, is that irregardless of whatever attachment style you have there, it's there's there's hope, you know, as long as you're working towards things. So it's pretty interesting that for the most part in all of them, you need communication, you need time apart, you need to understand your partner's needs. And the only really huge difference between this one and the avoidant avoidant is, is that scheduling time apart, scheduling time for yourselves without your partner. Like that's healthy. That's healthy in any attachment style. So I thought it was really interesting to to kind of pick this apart to see like, what would I look like in a relationship with someone with anxious? Like, would it actually be really cool? Or how would I feel about that? Well, when we were discussing it, you thought it was going to be a nightmare to have. To yeah, now some... I'm sitting here thinking like, well. <laughs> I um, still think it'd be a nightmare. Yeah. No, you know what, though? I've become so accustomed to your way and your methods and I'm where I am today because a lot of your unconditional love and support that I wouldn't want to trade that in just to have someone always be able to emotionally meet my, 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 my needs that may not be coming from a very logical place that may be coming from a very emotional place, which isn't going to help me. So I wouldn't want that. I'm secure. Yeah. And I, you said something that's, that's very important, right? Cause there's, you know, commu with communication, there's an emotional component to that as mm -hmm. well as more logical components. To that. And that's what we deal with, right? I'm, very, yep. I'm like the uber logical one. You're the uber emotional one. And that's why there's a good trade off between us. Right. Cause sometimes I need that. Sometimes it's like, I, okay, great. Fantastic. I'm super emotional. I can connect. I can make friends with homeless people all over the place. Like I can, I, that's great. That's wonderful. But that's not what I need right now to help me get through this situation. Emotion is not going to help me figure out this situation that requires logical, practical planning like my emotions not going to help me and that's where you can come and where i can come to you and say so hey, again um, just imagine a situation where you have two very emotional people you know trying to communicate i'm laughing at, over here because one, i could just picture my being with someone else and we're both like ah, like freaking out and it's not working and i'm you, like you don't understand if you're both freaking out at, at in the same direction it would i think it'd be okay but if you're you know emotional in two separate directions it's going to be a nightmare because you're never going to get anywhere yeah but you know what it would it may work depending on the personality i would love okay whomever has an anxious anxious relationship or thinks you're in one i would love to have you on the show I really would. I would love to be able to just talk to you to see how it works for you guys or what's not working. Let's talk about it because I really think personality coupled with being shaped in the environment that you were in can really make or break the dynamic of the relationship. So I would love to hear how different couples are working within these attachment styles. And that'd be fantastic. 
Yeah, I think that would be great because uh, we talk about it. We say it all the time, right? We'd love to have people on and have these discussions, you know, with real, like, just like you hear us, right? And we're in this relationship and we know how this works, right? We'd love to hear someone that's in the different relationship, e even if it could be a dismissive, dismissive or, or an anxious, anxious. Love to have you guys on listen to your stories and help you work on whatever you need to work on, right? We can help you through it. So uh, we'll end it there. I think this has been a great conversation. I'm looking forward to ending the series on the secure relationship or what we should all be working towards, a secure attachment style. So until then, we'll end it here. Stay tuned for the next episode. And like always, stay safe out there. So guys, if you aren't following me already, you can find me on TikTok at ask.courtney, on Instagram at askcourtney underscore, and on YouTube at askcourtney. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future podcast, you can reach us at podcast with an S at epiphanymedia.com. We'd love to hear your stories, guys. So make sure to reach out. And as always, we're all in this together. So stay safe. Remember, there's no shame in asking for help. Till next time.